0: So there are three things I want to say about prayer as we begin this morning, or this message. First is this, I think we often make prayer harder than it needs to be. Second is, we're probably praying more than we realize. And the third is, praying is really more about a relationship than a requirement. Barbara Brown Taylor, who is a uh, uh, pastor, prolific writer, has this to say, To say I love God but do not pray much is like saying I love life but do not breathe much. The only way I have found to survive my shame is to come at the problem from both sides, exploring two distinct possibilities. One, that prayer is more than my idea of prayer. And two, that some of what I actually do in my life may constitute a genuine prayer. I think she's spot on. I think to embark on our spiritual journey, whatever that looks like for you, is to be on a journey of prayer. You don't get very far in the Bible before you start seeing people praying. Abraham, uh, in the book of Genesis, Genesis, you see uh, the prophets, you see Jesus, you see those in the early church. Every one of these who sought to engage God, who sought to follow God, Who sought to communicate with God in some way, shape, or form prayed. Prayer is this ever present experience and practice that we see as this natural part of those those journeying with God. Now, I'll be honest with you, I feel like some days I'm a veteran in prayer, and I feel like other days I am a total rookie in prayer. Some days in between, I don't feel like praying. Other days, Prayer is all I have. But what I have known and experienced is that, for me at least, prayer has been this continual lifeline to life, capital L, to God, to God's presence. And I'll share in a few moments about my own personal foibles and failures, things that I've learned as I've prayed. But what I hope is when we get done here this morning, and in the next few moments we'll pray, is that. We don't get caught up in our shame of, I don't pray enough. We don't get caught up in our shame that says, I'm not praying right. That we just celebrate that in many ways living life can be a prayer. And we are probably praying more, more than we ever realized. The passage I chose uh, that Dave read, I chose it for a couple of reasons. First, just very quickly, there's assumption on Jesus' part that prayer is going to be part of the life of those who follow Jesus. Jesus just doesn't say, if you pray, but He says, when you pray. And I think there is a safe assumption that as those who are on the spiritual journey, those who seek to follow Jesus, those who seek to live in relationship with God and as part of a faith community, there will be praying. This is what we do here. This is what we did about five minutes ago. However you prayed, whatever that was for you, we came together and we prayed. A lot of folks will tell me, and they'll often preface it by saying, I hope you're not offended. There's two things they like about Deep River Friends. Number one, the quiet time, which is why I'm going to watch my watch and make sure we allow enough time for it. The second thing they like is the sharing, as if somehow that will infringe upon my sermon. That's all right. Because what is most important is that we find ways to connect with God here on Sunday morning that carries us into wherever we go throughout the week. Now, whether we pray or not, I need to say this, has no bearing on whether or not we're loved by God. God's love never ends, is never deterred, we're never separated from God's love. Prayer is less less a requirement we check off a list and it's more about this relationship that we nurture between ourselves and God. As one person wrote, prayer is meant to be this uncomplicated gesture of love. But if you're like me I tend to complicate it. I tend to complicate it with all my expectations and Feelings over guilt and perceptions of my praying right, am I praying well? Am I praying enough? Did I pray long enough? Did I pray for all? Did I forget someone? As if if I forgot them, then somehow God is not going to remember. I complicate prayer a lot. Jesus also tells his disciples that prayer is not a performance, but is a partnership. If we offer to others these words to God that God, Jesus warns against pouring this flood of empty words, words that feel religious, and he just says prayer is this personal conversation that you have with God. It's not about decorum, it's not about personalities, it's not about how good and how long, it's simply about our authenticity and how we show up. So what I want to do very quickly is this. What have I learned about prayer? What what has been things that I have learned the hard way, things that I have been taught through experience, things that I've been taught by other people who uh, have taught me about prayer. I'm just going to go through these very quickly. Um, We're not going to spend a lot of time on them. They don't need a whole lot of explanation. First is this, pray as you can, not as you can't. This is one of the best phrases I have ever heard. Pray as you can, not as you can't. Don't try to be an expert on prayer. Simply pray as you are and pray as you can. Prayer is a partnership, it's not a performance. <coughs> Second, your pain can be your prayer. Your inward groaning and grief can be a prayer. And the Spirit offers it to God as a prayer. Now this one, this one came to me very early in my journey, if you will, in college. When I was going through a very, very... Um, hard transition. I'd been in a relationship not with this wonderful person over here. I'd been in another relationship, hadn't met this wonderful person yet, Linda. So it was a very serious relationship. And this person, she came back and she completely broke it off. We'd been together for three or four or five years, give or take. So I was a little stunned. I was a little sort of, what do I do now? And I worked at Taylor University during the summer in what was called the Teacher Resource Center. had half hour for lunch. And so what I did was I made myself a sack lunch. It was too far to go home. And I would go and I would sit in this classroom. And I literally would just go and sit for 30 minutes every day just by myself. Because at that point I had no idea who I was, what I was going to do. I'd never been rejected before. Not an arrogant statement. I just never experienced this kind of rejection before. So I kept asking myself, what do I do and how do I do this? And I read the passage out of Romans where it simply said that God takes our groanings and God takes our pain and offers it up to uh, the spirit, offers it to God as a prayer. And so I just sat there in that room and allowed myself to feel my pain and my groaning and my grief. And what I want to say to you all is this. You don't often have to put words to your pain. You don't often have to put words to your grief. Sometimes all you have to do is feel it and name it and embrace it. Because when we embrace it, the Spirit takes that to God and offers it as a prayer. And our pain can be our prayer. I'd offer you this. Number three, consider it possible that you are the answer to your own prayer. I think I heard even Doug sing about that. This morning, Mother Teresa wrote this years ago, I used to pray that God would feed the hungry or do this or that, but now I pray that He'll guide me to do whatever I'm supposed to do, what I can do. I used to pray for answers, but now I'm praying for strength. I used to believe that prayer changes things, but now I know that prayer changes us, and we change things. Oftentimes I'll pray, I really wish someone would encourage this person, but then maybe I need to be the one that encourages that person. I sometimes pray, God, help the person who's lonely. Maybe I need to go check on the person who's lonely. God, help those in our community that are hungry. Maybe I need to be part of that. That's why I went to that meeting this past Wednesday. I kind of got tired of always praying about God, do something about the violence. I thought, why don't I just show up to a meeting and learn about what's going on in High Point? So in some ways, what I've learned is I can pray for those needs, but maybe I'm part of the answer to that prayer. Prayer is not always words. Another thing I've learned, prayer is often silence and presence. Presence to the one who is presence and present to you and I. We don't have to just have words all the time. We can just be in quiet and silence. Quakers do that well. Sometimes we may make up things just to fill the air. We don't have to do that. Praying for me has often opened up the space in my soul that attuned me more to God's presence. In a sense, I positioned my soul in a mode of receptivity. Henry Nowen wrote this, when we pray, we connect our whole life with God's life. It's often hard to put words to these experiences, but what I'll say is this, when I have prayed, when I have been diligent to pray, when I've allowed myself to pray, even to be in silence, a space opens up. And I begin to be much more aware of God's presence. And often I'm much more aware of God's presence through being much more aware of myself, of who I am, what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, what I'm experiencing, and then feeling and empathizing with other people. And sometimes even feeling leadings and and promptings and nudges. Again, hesitate to put words to it because that's my experience, but I do know that to be true. Praying for others connects me with them and all of humanity in a way I'm unable to do by my sheer determination and will. When I pray, there is this connection that I have with people. There's a way that I feel like I am now connected with them in a way that I wasn't before. It's, I think, that sense of love flowing through um, my presence, my love flowing through my intention. It's God's love flowing through all that and connecting me with people. That's why people often say, look, if you're having a problem with someone, what? Pray for them. That's why I think Jesus says, pray for your enemies. Pray because in that way you probably will over time connect with them, not as your enemy, but connect with them as a human being. Those that we are at odds with when we pray for them, we, don't connect, we, we connect with them less as an adversary and as one that we find we are loving more and more over time. I have found when I've prayed that the act of praying, the practice of prayer, at a minimum slows me down and almost acts like a pause button on my life. Now maybe that has been true for some of you, that if you stop and pray, if you take time to pray, it's like you're hitting this pause button where you're not going so hard and so fast and so quick. Often for me to pray is this acknowledgment of my limitations, that I don't control life. It confesses my vulnerability to life and my dependence on the creator in which I live and move and have my being. I've learned to pray without attaching myself to outcomes, and the process and practice of prayer becomes as important, if not important, than the result of my praying. If I have learned anything in prayer, and maybe some of you have realized this too, is I cannot attach myself to any outcomes. And where I've learned that the hardest because I always thought I could control outcomes. I always thought I could control the end game. I always thought I could control results. If I just do it hard enough, if I just do it enough, if I just work at it hard enough, I can fix this. Does that sound familiar? I realized sometimes when I prayed for people for their healing, I couldn't control that outcome. They passed away anyway. They went on. And I wish I could have Stop that. But what I realized was when I prayed, two things happened. Number one, I entered more deeply into this experience with them because I realized, I realized in some ways this was totally out of my control. So I was with them in a way that I hadn't been with them before. And the second thing I realized was the most important thing, I am not in control. That every moment matters. Every experience matters. Every minute matters. And often what that person would do for me is bring grace back to me in the way they did it with dignity and courage, in the way they lived their life to the very end with grace. I found out that prayer is more important than I pray with a genuine spirit. It's not whether or not I use the right words. Sometimes I pray my frustrations. Sometimes I pray words that aren't very pretty. Sometimes I pray words that I probably wouldn't even say to you all. Now, if that's tough to hear, read the Psalms. Psalms is pretty gritty. The book of Psalms can be pretty tough in terms of how they simply shake their fist at God. I've had my moments where my prayers have been less eloquent, and they have been more just me angry and frustrated and sometimes um, even doubtful. And then the last thing I've learned is this. Prayer doesn't absolve me from needing to take responsibility for my life or the decisions. Sometimes I need to clean up the messes that I've made. One of the best quotes I've ever heard that that stays with me when it comes to prayer is this. Pray all you want. You still need to change the diapers. And you can take that metaphor however you want to take it, all right? (laughs) You can run with that one. There have been times I've created my own mess, and I've wanted God to bail me out of that mess. What God has said to me is, go ahead and pray. I'll be with you, but you've got your own work to do for a few minutes. You have your own work to do for a little while. You've got to do some of your own cleaning up. But I'll be there with you, and I'll even give you guidance and wisdom and discernment. Anne Lamott, who is a wonderful writer on prayer and a lot of things, she has this to say, "'I don't know much about God and prayer, but I have come to believe over the past 25 years that there's something to be said about keeping prayer simple. Help, thanks, and wow.'" You may, in fact, be wondering what I even mean when I use the word prayer. It's certainly not what TV Christian means. It's not for display purposes like plastic sushi or neon. Prayer is private. Even when we pray with others, it is communication from the heart to that which surpasses understanding. And then she writes this. Let's say it is communication from one's heart to God. And that really is what it is for me. When my kids are on my heart, I offer a word to God on their behalf. When some of you pop up on the radar of my soul and I know the struggles you're experiencing, I pray from my heart. When I know grief and loss has swept into your life like a storm out of nowhere, I pray, I pray for you. When I feel I'm in way over my head as a pastor, and believe it or not, I do half the time, and I feel I've run out of answers, I've run out of wisdom, I have no more levers to turn and no more buttons to push, I pray. When humanity is ticking me off, I pray. When I'm ticking me off, I pray. When you're ticking me off, I ask forgiveness, and then I pray. (laughs) Where to begin in prayer, right where you are. Last story, then we'll pray for a few minutes. Some of you may have heard this story before, uh, but when we were living in Munson, Indiana, Erin took swimming lessons. She was probably, what, first or second grade, maybe? I can't remember. She couldn't swim. We know that. So, we went to this high school gym where they were giving swimming lessons. Now, growing up in Jamaica, part of our swimming lessons were you wander down to the ocean, you get in the ocean, you just start walking around, and all of a sudden you kind of get a little bit farther, you swim. We just swam. That's what we did. We just got in the water and we swam. I think we took a few other lessons, but I just remember that's where you got to learn it. You got to learn it in it. So, we get there, and the first thing that we did for the first week was they sat him down to watch a video. I'm like, what? We're watching the video. The pool's right here. This is where you learn to swim. Second week, I think we watched the video again. I mean, by this time, I'm thinking if I just start tossing kids into the pool, this is really going to start picking up. But I didn't do that. That used better judgment. I think after about two weeks, I started getting very, very impatient. We learned to swim here. Now, I got the whole thing about the video. But my point is sometimes you just got to dive in. Sometimes you just got to get in and I'll never forget. Aaron's very first dive off what was at least a high dive to her. She just walked out to the edge of this diving board and went in, and she sank like a stone, <laughs> feet first, shot right back up to the top. And when she came out, it was this big, <gasps> like that. And I thought, now you know how to swim, don't you? Sometimes you just got to jump in feet first. Just pray as you can not as you can't, from the heart, in love, in compassion, using whatever words come to mind, even if you don't have words, just taking your feelings and your pain and your heartache and allowing that to be a prayer. I was going to have us do this prayer of intercession, but I'm not going to do that right now. I'm just going to have us go into some time of silence because I want you to pray. We have about 10 minutes left. Let's just take some time to do that. If you have words that you want to offer, vocal ministry, we welcome that. But let's just dive in. Have some prayer, praying for one another, praying for yourself, allowing your heart and your soul, whatever it feels, to be your prayer.